Yeah, here. We're fine. What does rock and roll even mean? I hope we got that. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, welcome to another wonderful edition of Get in the Garage. Uh, today we have me, Luke, and Jeffrey May. Hello, hello. In the month of May. Uh, That's right. No Michael today. Uh, the Chip Lords have have <laughs> swallowed. Him. Yes, have uh, <laughs> summoned him back to the uh, the salt lair. So. No Michael today, but uh, me and Jeff are gonna uh, we're gonna have a, a rousing episode for you today. Where uh, we're gonna we're, dish on a lot of topics. Oh, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna dish. We're, we're gonna, gonna gossip. It's just me and Jeff here today. <laughs> we're gonna get a little dishy on you. We're gonna, uh, I talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yep, music n- like anniversaries. Yeah, records that are celebrating anniversaries. Some things we've been listening to, and then uh, we're gonna preview a Peerless Poppers track, uh, Jeffrey's musical group. Uh, they just released their EP this week, and, uh, you know, we're going to uh, play you a song from it, and yeah. uh, we're going to talk about it, because they worked hard on it, it sounds good, and you should listen to it. Thanks. But, um, so let's talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Jeffrey. What are your, uh, what are your, uh, candid, <sighs> what are your, we did, really didn't, like, uh, no, no super, plan. we didn't hard prep this segment. No. This is our, uh, top of the heads. So what are your, uh, current just thoughts in general about Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? It's a good idea. Like, it's a good museum. But, like, what does it mean? What does even rock and roll mean? What does the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame mean? Because it's not like it's Bo Diddley and Elvis Presley and that's it. It's, like, such a wide range of musicians now. Right. Which I I enjoy. I'm glad it's not just this one genre of music. But it's, like, they should just call it the American Pop Music Hall of Fame. It, you Agreed. Know, Hard agree, and I mean titles are, you know, yeah, secondary. But it still. should be called the the American Popular Music yeah. Hall of Fame because now we have uh, like rap inductees, you know, soul inductees, right. blues inductees. Um, also, do you think maybe like we should stop inducting people and just like have <laughs> exhibitions? You know what I'm saying? Like where like you could like maybe have like an honor segment every year where like. Whatever may be going on, you could like kind of honor with like a musical. Like this year, we're honoring. Um, this is just an example. Motown. Yeah. Uh, next year, we're gonna honor uh, prog rock. We're gonna honor that thing. You know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah, I don't. I don't really Do you know. Think that would be a better thing. I probably because I think like about ten artists every year are inducted, and I'll look at the list and I'll be like, well, I've heard of all of them. Or I know, like, a song or two by half of them, and I know a bunch by the other half. But, like, every year there seems to be three or four groups or artists inducted that I'm just like, yeah, okay, I guess. I don't know. They had, like, two songs 50 years ago. I don't know. It's like a – do you almost like, see it no now? No disrespect, but, you know. Yeah, do you almost see it now as, like, some people are getting, like um, – because you can kind of see it, like, getting, like, palm greased to, like, go on, <laughs> a, on, a, like, a reunion tour, like – because let's be straight, so Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is industry uh, people. It's all industry people right. that run the music industry. Yep. And so 
they could um, maybe have some kind of uh, vested interest in oh, in, in artists uh, having a comeback or mm-hmm. a good, you know, last hurrah. So I also think that happens quite a bit as oh, well. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, I mean, if if you look back the history of it, I think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, was that like 91, 89, I think 92? the first one's 88 or 89. Yeah, something like that. If you look at the first like six years of it, it's kind of like all of the icons, and then they got to the late nineties, and it's like, well, now who are we gonna have in? Right. And there's a lot of good people, a lot of well-deserving artists, and every artist is important in their own right to their own fan base and all that. Like I, I understand that, but like nobody's buying tickets to go see a Go Go's exhibit at the Rock and Hall of Fame. Like, so <laughs> there's a correction. Somebody is buying that just to go see it. But like, I hear what you're saying because, like, I mean, I don't even know. Is Blondie in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Like that? I assume so. That would be my other. I, yeah. I assume they probably are as well. But you know, this is. Mm. Are the Go Go's that important? No, no. Like, no. like you said, three or four songs. Yeah. Great band. Yeah. Cool, but like, you know, uh, are the Runaways in? That would be uh, something of a yeah. more invested. You know what I'm saying? There used I used to have like back in my snobbery days, or uh, back in my more snobbery days, I used to have like kind of a list of notable snubs from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I know for a long time Rush was one, and they got in like two years ago. Yes, but I believe the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame eligibility requirement is. You can be inducted uh, after it's been 25 years after your first released recording. It, I think it's 25 years. It may be 30 years. But Rush, so Rush, like, by all, you know, by all measurable things, should have been inducted, like, 15 years ago. Right. I'm not a Rush fan, but, you know, you list the big bands from the 70s and 80s. They are one of the consistently five to ten biggest bands of a 20-year span. Right. Or even that, yes, like their oh. model got <laughs> inducted in after they did. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? That was yeah. weird, too. But stalled shit like that. Like, what do you, you know? And also, the Runaways looked it up. There's also a website called notinthehalloffame.com. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a really old website. No. Oh, I thought that they were. Jo- I know Joan jo- Jett is. is. But, like, yeah. that's the or other. she just got in, like, last year. Yeah. very recently. Yeah, you, you, and you, you're right about that as well. But um, let's let's just uh let's, let's go down the list. Let's take let's take it. We're gonna list every rock and roll. <laughs> we're gonna do this year's inductees, and we're gonna do the Joaquin Phoenix from Gladiator. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Um, so on the website they have the categories. So in the performer category, so whatever that means, I believe that's just like if you if you meet the twenty five year eligibility thing. Yeah, Tina Turner, thumbs up. I'm thumbs up and Tina. I I also. I can almost guarantee Ike and Tina Turner are already voted in. They are already voted they in. They were probably like One in of the, the first three years. Yeah. yeah. They were an early inductee. Carol King. Thumb thumb up. Thumb up. Oh, sorry, guys. Carol King's first album released uh, 51 years ago. Oh, my gosh. Oh, sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> my phone is Siri's so crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Carol King... Maybe in as a songwriter with her ex-husband Jerry Goffin. Maybe I I don't think so. No, no. 
We're gonna do this until we're time. It's time yeah. to play on the phone. Siri's going nuts. Siri, Siri just was wants going to, nuts. Siri heard Mike wasn't here. She wants to be the third co-host. <laughs> um, Michael. So, Carol King as a performer, thumbs up. I think she should have been. That's one. Oh, uh, yeah. Also, like long time ago, like should have been. You know, foundation of rock and roll songwriting, and right. you played tapestry. So, right. the Go Go's. No disrespect. Thumbs down and thumbs down. I, I'm gonna thumbs down this one hardcore as well. Name a Go Go song. Uh, our lips are sealed. Oh, okay. <laughs> Every time I try to name a Go Go song, it's actually a Bengals song, so I can't <laughs> even name any. Did they do Manic Monday? <laughs> no. Uh, That's that... the Bengals. Just is it? Oh, they might have done Manic Monday. Who knows? <laughs> oh, no. Our lips are sealed. Vacation. Right. Uh, just another man. I think that's good. And then that might. Let's, I don't know. Are we? Let's look that's, at that. That seems like Go Go's because Go. Uh, the difference between Go Go's and Bengals. Go Go's were more of like that Supremes bubblegum pop stuff, where the Bengals were more of like a band band. Oh, who? Okay, who's? Oh, who do you think? Say it again. Who do you think I thought sings go, Manic go, Monday? Go-Go's. Bangles. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I should have This is instinct. a great... You should play this at bar trivia. <laughs> Bangles go or Go-Go's. Go-Go's. Um, so, uh, you know, no disrespect, but no uh, no big respect either. No, yeah, that can one... We, can we kill this live live feed? I think it's buzzing. Oh, which, which, oh, yes, you're right. We're killing the live feed. Sorry, Siri. <laughs> Fuck it. We're doing it live. All right, so Go Go's. Sorry. Thumbs down. I can't. Can I, you can you think of like a better group that would be better suited? Like any other, like that kind of group? I mean. A girl like pop rock band? Yeah. There's not many that were like notable. Maybe that's what, I mean, I'm not. I, no, this, I, on I, another I, episode of two 30-year-old white guys talking about things. Maybe it's because they were a girl group and they were a big thing in the early '80s. Yeah. So. Yeah, I hear that, but uh, you know, yeah. yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? We're 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 indifferent. So the next one, Jay Z. Thumbs up. Thumbs I'm, up. I'm thumbs obviously. up at Jay Z. Uh, yeah. Big industry changer in his yeah. format of music. Uh, solid dude. Uh, a legacy act in rap, which is like, yeah, he might be one of a handful of legacy rap artists that like yeah. can still tour. Well, and he's the, he's the first hip hop artist that showed you could actually do it after you're four, after you're even like thirty five years old. Uh, yes, so. yes, and he's like like we were talking like off mic earlier about the mm-hmm. Who, and that was like those goddamn dinosaurs. Yeah, and right. uh, you know, like Jay Z, like or he earns like a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like he's a dinosaur in rap, like mm-hmm. a which is unheard of. So. And he, out out of all the groups, out of all the things we've named. He is a first ballot Hall of Fame because his first thing came out in 1996. Yeah. Oh, so I think well deserved. 25 years after, uh, easily. Yep. And what what if you want to talk about rhyming skills and you know mic presence and all that stuff, whatever, make your own list. When it comes to hip hop music, Jay Z is number one. He just is. He has like 13 number one albums. He. He's had hits for 25 years. Like, As somebody that is not in the rap game at all in any business, like, he stands out to me as yeah. somebody that's, like, a figurehead. And right. just should, like, just on that alone, yeah. just you're, uh, you're, you're selling the, uh, you know, yeah. you're, you know, head of the industry. Yeah, go for it, man. Um, so the next artist, Foo Fighters, another first ballot. <sighs> their first thing came out in 1995, so maybe they were second ballot. Maybe I'm their first ballot. Very indifferent about this one. Oh, so Luke's a thumb in the middle, stuck in the middle. I'm a thumbs up. Your thumbs up? 
just because uh, when I think of radio in the mid to late 90s, it was like three things were very present. Bubblegum, pop stuff, Britney Spears, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, S Club 7, etc. I like how I have to throw them in as yeah. if they were a big thing. I <laughs> just for, you're, you're just, just like, joke. I, I listened to it. <laughs> um, uh, Bubblegum type of rap, like pop rap. Right. Like flossing and spending money and glitzy million dollar videos. And then the third thing, and what I think of first when I think of mid to late 90s, is that quote unquote alternative pop rock stuff. So your third eye blind, your lit, your sugar ray, your smash mouth, your Foo Fighters. And Foo Fighters are the best version of all those bands, yeah. I think. See, this is why I'm indifferent. I hear your argument saying like they're the best at what they did in that time. And I'll, I'll agree. Like that pop radio, they had like rock hits way into the 2000s. Mm. Um so I'm I'm with you on that one, but for me, this is my argument. Why aren't the the Pixies in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Nirvana's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. You're gonna put Foo Fighters. The Pixies seem vastly more important. They aren't. No. Hmm. See, so that that whole genre of music for me that made the because now we're inducting, um, you know, the year that punk broke. Where you know, like yeah. ninety two, all that shit. We're inducting all the effects of after punk mm. broke. You know what I mean? Through, like, the 80s underground. But none of the 80s underground bands are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, I think a key thing you said is Pixies are very important when it comes to the development of other right. music. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, industry, business. I think success is one, and then importance on whatever you want to measure that is secondary. You're right, because they are— Because Pixies are successful in a way, but, like, they were the progenitors of other— more successful bands, right, right, and no, I I hear you. Also, I, I and if we're talking like industry too, like they're not fully out with their original oh, no. lineup touring. <laughs> right, they have you know they replace some members. Who's Pixies? That's like Black Frank and um yeah. Uh, what's the bass player? Kim Kim, Kim Deal. Deal. Yep. Yep. She's not in the group anymore. Right. I think they have an original lineup other than she's not in the group anymore. But also mm. her vocal, she's is the best so, of the band, <laughs> right? And her right. bass playing, just yep. like that angular you know it always comes off like a square but like moving melodically yeah so i just think they weren't successful enough also yes uh, and and i hear that uh, other thing too is dave Grohl is literally like the ambassador for everything guitar right. rock music right. so like just to have that on because you know we're, we're calling it it's like a brand rock and yeah. roll of fame is a branding of the music industry so like if you're gonna put might as well put the dude that's like out on the forefront of your yeah. whole genre. He was in a movie about like people trying to break into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He was? Tenacious D in The Pick of Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> he played the devil. <laughs> I forgot that he is in this movie. I saw that movie on Thanksgiving Day with my father. <laughs> I watched it like three weeks ago. It did, it's like such a. Does it hold up on any level? It does. It's like it's it holds up in like it's a stoner piece of shit weirdo <laughs> movie, but you know, like so it holds up in that in that regard, bro. Oh my god, it's, I work with a guy, and I was a couple weeks ago, and I was like, "Bro, do you have the Pick of Destiny tattooed on you?" And he was like, "Yup." <laughs> <laughs> Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Yeah. So Foo Fighters, 
Lots of hits. And like like you said, hits, pretty big hits for uh, at least a 10 to 15-year stretch, if not slightly longer. I don't know when their last hit hit was. I know every album they put out still debuts as number at number one. Yeah, pretty much. They put much. out one like two or three months ago, and it was number one when it came out. And I wouldn't say Wasting Light 2011. Probably Rope was like the last one I heard oh, okay. on the radio all the time, which is the last Foo Fighters record I'll, I'll vouch for and say that one is a killer fucking record. I love that record, actually. Yeah, that's the last one I bought. I think that's the only Foo Fighters record I've ever bought, actually. I love that record. That one holds up real strong for me. But anyway, um, you know. Yeah, and well, and the whole, like, the idea of perf- of importance and success, Foo Fighters is a, a successful band. Pixies and bands like that, You'll see. They'll get voted in like in like ten years. Yeah, when they're all seventy. Yeah. See, I think there's like a bunch of important, really important. Yeah. Like the New York Dolls aren't in. They got snubbed again this year. That was like oh, yeah. the other one where I'm like, oh, okay, like just give it to him while he's still alive. Maybe though, like yeah. one of them, one of them is still alive to enjoy it. I mean, but that that's a case of a band where it's like, there's, yeah, there's it, no point to industry wise. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. So they're not making anybody no. any money anywhere. See, that's the that's what people yeah. really need to realize is. And they're on a list of a band of a of bands that's like your band's favorite band that no one ever listens to. <laughs> so it's like, well, if no one ever is listening to it, then yeah. oh well, you know what though? So is is this going to be? I can make a fun connection here. Yeah. Moving on to maybe yeah. I don't know if it's the next artist that's on it that is. list, but oh, see, you know, uh, Todd Rundgren produced the first New York Dolls mm-hmm. record. Um, and Todd Rundgren is the last in the performer category this year. Mm. Um, for me, okay, so I'm a giant Todd Rundgren fan. Yeah. No, I wouldn't say giant. I don't like everything he does. Uh, Rivers. <laughs> but um, I'm a huge Todd Rundgren fan. I think Todd should get in, not even just for his performing, but his producing, because I'm, it's just so many classic, awesome interventions in rock and roll that he was in, but... Yeah, Todd's Bad Out of Hell, he produced that. Yes, Bad Out of Hell, the New York Dolls' first album, Bad Fingers Straight Up, the band right. Stage Fright, um, mm. tons of great records uh, that Todd had his hands in. And um, really working uh, for Albert Grossman and doing uh, like the whole Bearsville Records stable, like oh. he was all up in that. Um, also, you know, Grossman let him make all the weird records that he wanted to. Mm. Um so anyway, do you, are we thumbs up on Todd? We thumbs up and down? I'm thumbs up on Todd. I like him. I'll thumbs up because, like you said, it's like I only know the two songs that everybody else knows. Why can't we be f- right? Why can't oh, yeah. we uh, be friends? Is that what it's called? Well, that's your like that's that would be like the war. Uh, can, uh, can we still can we still be friends? Can we still be friends? Can we right. still be friends? And then there's friends. another song that kind of sounds like that. That's also a Todd Rundgren song. Yeah, uh, hello, it's me. Another right. big hit. Yeah. Um, uh, I saw the light. Oh yeah, he does that one. And then um, the other big hit would be um, Leroy Boy. Uh, we gotta get you a woman. Oh. We gotta get you a woman. But yeah, he's he's someone where it's like, yeah, after twenty years of not being recognized, throw him in. Super. Not uh, just as a songwriter, but like with his Nas, his earlier stuff, his yeah. band, with his production. Like yeah, he's a he's he had his hands in more things than just like his own solo career. Yeah, also a great innovator of rock and roll too, mm-hmm. just for making some out there weird, yeah. great sounding records. Yeah. 
Uh, if you want an accessible record, though, check out Something Anything by Todd right. Rundgren, the double album. It's the only one favorite. I'll ever listen to. It's so good. It's my top in my top repeat, five. I should say. It's in my top five. Yeah. But yeah. All right. All right so the next category, whatever this means. <laughs> but so those were the performer category artists. This is the early influence award. Whatever that. What who whatever. <laughs> That's like in the NBA Hall of Fame. You have like the real votes and then you have like the veterans committee is like well we'll throw these three 85 year old guys in it because they've waited a long time early influence award craft work big thumbs up for me yeah I'm thumb- i think up. they should be in the performer category me too i i don't not, understand the yeah the early influence because yeah. whether they in early influence of obviously electronic music right. but uh sun raw like yeah <laughs> like you know this and like hip-hop before. music like a lot of early hip-hop music yeah sampled their stuff because yeah. it's like that electro with vocoder type of vocals and yeah so i guess i guess you could check out craft work if you don't know craft work but also it's weird like tangerine <laughs> dream yeah you know what i mean yeah would be i mean but that's kind of the same time period yeah yeah well craft work was earlier than people think craft work i believe 70? was late late 60s is yeah. when they started like 69 probably um but yeah their big stuff was uh early 70s autobahn Autobahn, Autobahn. Um, famous, uh, famous sample in uh, Africa Mabada's Planet Rock. That's Kraftwerk. Um, so I don't know. Early influence, whatever. They should be a performer. Yeah. They're like the, uh, as far as when you think of uh, European electronic music, they are the number one. Yeah. They're also, the Rolling Stones of that. I guess they could be the early influence too because they were like the first, I mean, they were the first people to like, Devo it up and be like, right. we're real robots. <laughs> yeah, like wearing suits and standing stiffly on stage and just like tapping like drum pa- electronic drum pads. Yeah, as much <laughs> as like the Ramones are in, in uh, our aesthetic of rock and roll, like Kraftwerk are the complete other aesthetic of rock and roll. Yeah, um, I dig. The next one is Charlie Patton, who is a blues performer from literally like the 1920s. Yeah. Um, some of the earliest blues yeah. slides uh, also compose like one of the uh, yeah of all the blues standards. Thirds, yeah, yeah, he's like one of the best composers. Yeah. I think he has a spoonful under his belt. Oh. Uh, I think he's also mm. like Black Snake Moan, all of those mm. kind of shit. Um, so his great 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 grandchildren are gonna be very proud <laughs> to show up to the ceremony. He's fucking been dead since 1935 or something. Yeah, it's but, cool. It's cool that he's in, yeah. I guess. But also, he's definitely in every blues hall of fame that's yeah. ever existed. So, and I not mean, and not to be that guy, but like, he he will have a picture with like an old guitar, and he'll be a name on a list of 85 other blues guys that nobody really knows. Yeah, but you know. All respect. Charlie Patton, King of the Delta Blues. Pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, yeah. It's just like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it going to be... Rec- who's inducting Charlie Patton in the Rock and Roll Fame? <laughs> A ghost. B.B. <laughs> 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 King's ghost. It's, it's, is this gonna... is a real question, though. Like you said, are any of his family going to be at the ceremony? Uh, like, no. Yeah, probably not. Who knows? But all respect, early blues musicians... You know, that is the foundation of rock and roll and, in a big way, American music in general. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, yeah. It, it definitely deserves its place in there. It's just, yeah. you know, we're just – this is – 85 years a little late. <laughs> yeah, 85 years a little late. This is uh, – once again, if you're just tuning in, this is Jeff and Luke shit on the rock and roll. <laughs> 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 All 
speak honestly about our opinions. Is yes. What we like to say. Um, and then the the last in the early influence award is Gil Scott Heron, who for me personally big thumbs up. Realistically, I guess thumbs in the middle. He was important. He was a like a beat poet, slam poet, kind of like did his own spoken word stuff to funk instrumentals in 1970 and on. He died 10-ish uh, years ago, maybe. I think you're right about that. Um, the revolution will not be televised. Yeah, I mean... Pfft. See, okay, yeah. so this is this is where we're like, okay, so early influence, yeah, but like... Uh, He's considered by a lot of people to be like what his what he did started hip hop in yes, a way. Yes. Okay. No, I can see I can see that way. Mm. I can see it that way where like he's definitely I mean cuz that's what he was doing. Yeah. He was basically, you know, part beat poet, part right. you know, black activism, part, right. you know, that 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 whole thing. So, I I can definitely see that cool um thing. Actually, I'm I'm going to hard thumbs up this because um probably just for like edu- like education reasons like just sure. for like maybe cuz like this is somebody who me and you definitely know yep. um often comes up in my spotify mm-hmm. algorithms like same, all same. the time <laughs> yeah. and, like he's coming up in my spotify al- like every other playlist i get yeah. um he also has that great now that i'm thinking of it um does he do that song um john coltrane and lady day i think that's him as well where he uh it's like um you know I'm not, I'm not good at song stuff. But anyway, um, I definitely think this is a cool one. So, like, if you didn't know and you're like, oh, who is this? And you look it up and it might be something you really dig, especially if you're a hip-hop head. Yeah, he did yes, do that song, did, right? Though. Yeah, check out that song because it's like a, a tribute to uh, jazz history. And yeah, stuff. Jazz, jazz history. and, and uh, Yeah, so I definitely think it's cool. Great early influence because yeah. it's, it's, it's weird and super yeah. influential at the same time. It's basically hip-hop music without a lot of literal rhyming. Yeah, it's it's more of that free flowing like open structure poetry, stream of consciousness, right? Kind of um, stuff. Great music though, and putting out music till the day he died. His his last thing he released was uh, produced by Jamie XX from the XX. Oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah, and then Rihanna covered the song. Oh, I didn't know what that song either. Was that? I don't. It know. was like a big. I think it was a big hit for her. Really? That's uh, really take, cool. Take care. It was, it was her and Drake, and it samples the Gil Scott Heron uh, for the chorus, but it also uses like the melody and the Jamie XX beat that was used on the Gil Scott Heron song. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, check I'll out, that up. listen to the both back and back. The Gil Scott Heron is better, in my opinion. It's more honest. Well, look at that. See, we're throwing out some musical uh, recommendations in the middle of our, our Hall of Fame. I um, dig. Yeah, so, you know, important artist, influential artist. Yeah. Um, See, this is where I, this is where for me I'm like, come on, guys. So musical excellence. Oh award, yeah, I didn't even see that. LL Cool J gets the musical excellence award. So in the performer category, LL Cool J basically invented, yeah, like the the I'm gonna tour in a hip hop album. I'm he like you know what I mean like the whole the whole thing like Jay Z gets to be in the performer category but LL Cool J yeah. doesn't 
LL Cool J's Boombox album was like one of the most influential yeah. things and one of the first products of hip hop that got mass mm. mass uh, produced and in, in, in was in you know suburban kids' homes. Yeah, he so. was like he was the Elvis of early hip hop. Yeah, absolutely. He was the sex symbol, and he was the one selling to the white kids. And uh, yeah, I don't understand. Like, I read the category, I'm like, is he already in as a performer then? Because like, he put out his first thing in like '84. No, like what? I don't. I just he's don't not in at that. all. Which is, it's just, that's where you're just like. Yeah. Then again, when I think of LL Cool J, he's still in the public consciousness because of his acting work on whatever NCIS or. But the dude. Let's Are you be, telling me he didn't solve all those crimes? No, he's an actor. He, it's not a documentary series. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, <laughs> who's gonna Who's gonna comfort those mothers? But it's like I don't know what equivalent it would be. But LL Cool J only did make popular music for like six years. Yeah. So I guess it, in that way, it's very understandable that he has been this long. But still, it's like I don't know though, man. From that first wave of hip hop artists, yeah. he was the big dude. So even like with like uh, Mama said, knock you out. What's that? Eighty nine, ninety. Right, but that yeah, like, you're right. That's like less than wow. And then he was on. He was featured on some, you know, as like the old dude on some posse cuts in the mid '90s. Right, but even still, even still though, I think he should get in because like the yeah. zombies got in. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Oh, really? Yeah, and like that's, no, that's one strange. album. I yeah. mean, they released two albums, but let's be straight. It's that's on the strength of one record. Yeah. So like, LL Cool J, he should definitely be in. Definitely should be in the performer yeah. category. Right, especially because there are a lot of people who are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. If you think that first, like the 50s and 60s hall, uh, Rock and Roll, a lot of those artists were only around for the five or six years. Right. Because Rock and Roll was a young man's game. Right. So, and I know a bunch of them are in. So, yeah. Yeah, he should be in whatever musical excellence awards mean. <laughs> his excellence, it was... He was excellent. His excellence was cemented by his appearance on the Monstars song on the Space Jam soundtrack alone. Because it's a great verse. <laughs> Why do you... That's such a deep cut. It's such a good verse. <laughs> the Monstars? Oh, is when is that new Space Jam coming out? Is that already out? It's supposed to be this year. But just like anything with COVID, who knows? Who is it? Who, who LeBron. Is... It's LeBron. I, yeah. I mean, he was on Bubblegum when I was a kid. I don't know anything about basketball, but... Yeah. He's, a good, he's a big guy. You know, I just hope Lola Bunny comes back. I was disappointed when I saw her in the original, and then when I went to watch my Looney Tunes at home, oh, she was not, not there. No. As a kid, I was very heartbroken. Yeah. As I had a cartoon crush on <laughs> Lola Bunny. Um, the next Musical Excellence Award is Br Billy Preston. So whatever Musical Excellence Award means, I don't know. I, thumbs up, though, I guess. Yeah, I mean, thumbs up. Whatever. Yeah. I, he played on a bunch of stuff. This is where I'm like... <laughs> he was like he was one of those late sixties mid or to mid seventies guy who was like a studio musician on a lot more than you think, and yeah. then also had his own solo things. Absolutely. Uh, also plays on uh, the Beatles. Um, get back. Get and, back. Yeah. He's the uh, the organ solo on that. Yeah. Um, nothing from nothing. Right. Y yeah. Is that the one with the, like the circus whistle in the beginning? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you ever see that South Park episode? <laughs> oh no. my god. 
look it up. I think like the running joke through the episode is Billy Preston keeps playing nothing from nothing <laughs> on like every TV show. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I'm uh this is another one where I'm like indifferent about. Yeah, like, uh, but I I mean I'm a pretty big Billy Preston yeah. fan. Um, oh, also he sings uh Will it go round in circles? Oh, that's the other one. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's, that's the way God song. planned it. Another, mm-hmm. another big hit. But um, oh, concert for Bangladesh. He also is on that. True. So, yeah, he was like in the world of a bunch of those, like the real icons of the of the late sixties, early seventies. He was like a dude in that scene. Yeah. Also, the Stones, uh, touring keyboard player for like the uh, Black and Blue. Uh, is that the name of that record? Blue. Uh, yeah, Black There's and Blue. There's a Black and Blue record. Yeah. No. Okay. I was trying. I'm trying 90s. not to get it confused with blue and lonesome that came out like uh the blues Recent, cover album yeah. but uh black and blue from the 70s 75 74 oh that is in the 70s yeah so he played in that era i think he's on that record too quite a bit but so yeah whatever musical excellence means i don't know he was musically excellent he was he, was, <laughs> he fits all the criteria <laughs> so i mean indifferent this last one i'm gonna shit on super hard even though i'm a big randy rhodes fan uh, so here we go. I'm saying no, no to Randy Rhodes in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. No, me neither. Because if Ozzy's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Ozzy's already got that section. Randy Rhodes is going to be mentioned in that section. And if we're going to yeah. play this game, you know what I mean? It's it's like, why, though? Like, how many other great guitar hero sidemen are in, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that are better than Randy Rhodes? Is a yeah. shit. And on this logic, you should just – are we going to induct Dwayne Allman for just being like – for on playing, some other people's songs. Yeah, for playing yeah. in Derek and the Dominoes. Like, what? This is where I, I'm a bit confused on why. And I'm, I I'm just Sharon I'm doing... Osbourne, man, must have really done some work to really bump up that last dying Aussie stock that we needed to keep keep selling and moving. I don't know. I'm not trying to be, like, jaded about it. He is a great guitar player. Super influential. But not yeah. that influential, How, right? Because he basically was he was doing Eddie Van Halen stuff, but just on more metal-ish records than rock, yeah, rock, pop rock stuff. This is where I'd say his his he was just excellent. Like he could record tapping solos and then double track them in time. Like great guitar yeah. playing. You know what I mean? But at the same time. You're on two of Ozzy's. Re- you're on two records, yeah, bro. You, and yeah. two records that are are great and are right. Ozzy's best records, hands down. But, yeah. but if, I mean, for any music fan, they're not anywhere close to the first four Sabbath albums, like uh, no. by any stretch of the imagination. So I don't know. Thumbs down for me. I'm thumbs down in two because whatever we, you know, it's all nonsense anyway. But I think it just yeah, it sets a precedent of. I don't know. He had such such a small output of stuff. Okay, so this is like my other shit, right? But I don't know. Is that so, a good? So like know. the the so this is my other thing. So the Rolling Stones are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? But Bobby Keys, their sax player, that's on every not Stones included. hit, yeah. not included in the yeah. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. So th- this is where I'm like, well, like someone like Bobby Keys probably deserves to be in a little bit mm-hmm. more than Randy Rhodes because. Yeah. Uh, the sax solo and brown sugar, uh, tumbling dice. Um, uh, can you hear me knocking? Yeah. 
th- this is like what this is my other argument where mm-hmm. I'm just like that doesn't make sense because if you're even just gonna talk like rock and roll saxophone, I don't think there's like anybody that has more chops than Bobby Keys. Like we were talking about last week, he's on Mad Dogs and Englishmen, he's on Delaney and Bonnie stuff. I don't know. Yeah. So that's where it hits for me, where I'm just like, yeah, man, I I I get that you're a great guitar player, but you know, there's other sidemen that I think are more important in the history of rock and roll. So yeah, I just yeah. So that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, it's just very. I don't even need to think about it very much. It's like, yeah, man, he was on two albums. And I, I I can think of his playing on three songs. Uh, Mr. Crowley. Mr. Crowley, Crazy Train, <laughs> and the third, you know, if I can remember the title, I'll remember it. But I probably won't even remember it. Oh, f- oh some Flying High Again? Flying High Again. <laughs> down, down. Like, I don't know. It's down, just down. all respect. And, and, you know, he died. How did he die? He died in a helicopter accident. He okay. flew over the tour bus to like screw around with like the crew, oh. and they crashed like right near the tour bus. Uh, Very sad. Yeah. Take a bus, guys. Take a bus. <laughs> no, ask, ask, ask Buddy Metall- Holly. Ask Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take a bus. <laughs> Why? Travel- what happened to Metallica? Cliff Burton died in a bus accident. Oh, there. rest in peace. Ask the Minutemen, too, guys. Nah. Take a submarine. It's yeah. safer. Walk. <laughs> Walk. <laughs> nobody, ever, nobody ever trips and dies. <laughs> oh, um, my gosh. So, um, yeah. Speaking of Metallica, I saw yes. a clip the other day of, like, Lars in the studio. They're, like, making an album, and he's, like, just, he's mouthing the solo he wants. Um, yeah. <laughs> have you seen this clip? Yes. And he's just, like... <laughs> No, it's like and then it's like te- five years earlier, and that he makes he does the same thing and makes him play like the same solo. <laughs> <laughs> it just made me laugh because I'm like, how many times have I done that to somebody where I'm like, no, just do it like this, and it's like the same thing you did the week before, right. and you're like, oh wait, that's the same <laughs> thing. Um, and then the last the last Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee is. They do like the actual industry award of the Ahmet Erdogan Award. Ahmet Erdogan was the head of Atlantic Records and big industry figure, kingmaker, producer, etc. Um, and that's Clarence Avent, and he was a producer and you know all that stuff. I didn't even see there was one more person. Yeah. I thought we were done with. I Randy have no Rhodes. opinion on it because that's like whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. I can't. I don't think I can name any artist that he worked with. But no. You know. Whatever. What are you gonna do? That's our closing thoughts on that. <laughs> so we're gonna take a break. Uh, Mike, Mike made me to make sure that we do a commercial break. So enjoy these commercials. Let me ask you guys something. Whatever happened to predictability? There must be some magic clues inside these gentle walls. Sometimes you get a feeling like you need some kind of change. I don't get any of those references, but. Each week on Talking Sit, Silas P. and a guest do a deep dive and raise up the sitcoms that raised us. Did Mr. Belvedere really sit on his balls? Why do people call him Uncle Joey when he wasn't related to the Tanners? And does anyone else remember Head of the Class? Find out each week on Talking Sit with Silas P. My dog, my baby dog, my dog, my dog, my baby dog. It's my dog, my little dog, baby dog. 
<laughs> welcome back stupid. to Get in the Garage. You've missed while you're gone during commercial break. Yeah, we break. should have podcasted that. We should have. Me and Jeff just uh we talked about the recap. The trend in in uh music being uh TikTok is driving the music industry. And we uh, had a lovely conversation about that. That's your my baby dog <laughs> song. Good there's good and there's bad. I think the good is if people take songs that are old that it we reaches a wider audience. The bad everything else to do about it because it's like I don't want to hear the Shangri-Las. Oh no. Oh no. On every fucking video that anybody oh. ever makes it's just pitch shifted up five hey, octaves. Do you know like, which oh, one I really hate now is the um Jefferson Airplane. Um, oh yeah. Dance version. Don't you want somebody don't, don't, don't. And it's so loud like the bass <laughs> yeah. drum is off time. Yeah, I, hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. Uh, what were some other ones that have been big recently? That you w- talk about the rumors one, yeah. Uh, dreams with the skateboarding cranberry guy, <laughs> cranberry juice guy. Um, it's dog face. Dog face. Shout out my dog. Yeah, shout out to dog face for twenty. Um, yeah, we were talking like that bumped rumors into the top forty of album sales and streams. Yeah. back into the top forty. That record was released in nineteen seventy seven, and mm. it's in the top forty in what last year twenty twenty. Mm. So crazy. I, it's probably still in, like, at least the top Hot 100. That album is like, been constantly floating in there ever since, like, uh, you know, the millennial witch trend has really yeah. taken a hold. There's, there was the Hot in Here, which I don't know if that's part of the Meg The Stallion song, Bussin', or whatever that song is, but it's, like, it does the get hot in here and here and here. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Down and it, it goes into her song. So I don't know. I Maybe that's part of the original song, a but I don't up. know. It might just be a mash in the TikTok world. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's strange, man. And we're like, the thing I hate about it is that artists now, whatever, pop music is pop music. It's going to be what it is. But pop music now is about what 10 seconds of this song is memeable and can be made into a dance that. A hundred thousand twelve-year-olds are gonna be sharing, right? Whatever, I don't give a shit. I guess, but it's also like it's super uncreative, in my opinion. Also, like, too, even if it's like children's music, like the baby dog song, like that's my dog, my baby <laughs> dog, that's my dog, my dog, my or baby dog, even the uh, <laughs> baby shark. Oh, like, yeah. there's so much better children's music than yeah. uh, like Rafi guys. You know what happened? Yeah. Rafi, save the planet music. Yeah. <laughs> That's my shit. You know, got the whole world <laughs> in our hands. <laughs> Can we do that? Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, the memeable music and just pop culture in general is so about the memes and about yeah, like we hopping were t- on the train of the trends. And yeah, like no. me and Jeff were kind of saying, like, it. you think because the internet has everything on it, it would be like you'd have more, like, kind of clicks of what's going on in, like, okay, so there's, like, a scene of this, a scene of that. But it ends up kind of just making everything more homogenized and, well, you know, kind of sounding the same, even to the point where you're taking your classic rock a la Jefferson Airplane and then putting a dance beat behind it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> doof, doof, doof. Yeah, it is... <laughs> <laughs> it's so intense every it is time. It's so intense. You know what other one I hate? This isn't a song, but I also hate the one where it's like talking about the dude not wiping his ass crack. What? <laughs> you haven't that gotten one. that one? It's no. like, this is the guy that doesn't wash his asshole. I hate uh, that I one too. Know. That one drives me nuts. I hate the one of, it's like, it's, ru- it's like Russian singing about being a man. 
Oh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's everywhere. Also, I don't have TikTok. I just see these videos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just see them on Instagram because that's what everybody puts in TikTok yeah. videos. Uh, Instagram, where TikTok videos go to die. Yeah. On this on this week's episode of two thirty year old men talking grumpy, about TikTok, grumpy old men. <laughs> you know, but I really did though. But I really did look up the baby dog song on Spotify <laughs> because I was curious. I wanted to know if it changed. It if, doesn't die. If there was like a verse to the song and that was the core. No, it no. just loops over and over and over and over. I really, I do, I like the little girl's voice or little boy, whoever it is. But it reminds me of like Honey Boo Boo. It's just like such a country it's American It's just my voice. baby doll. I just love it. It's so funny. And it's so frantic. It's like, my dog, my baby dog, my little baby dog, my baby dog. And then like, so just crazy. like the clean. Keyboard jumps, yeah. doom, doom, <laughs> yeah. doom, doom. So I don't know. TikTok dance crazes. It's like the, it's like the mid '60s again. Yeah. It's like everything has to be made into a dance. Yeah, we're like doing the Watusi all over again. And let me be the nine hundred thousandth thousandth person to say, it. you know what? Movement is movement. It ain't a fucking dance unless you move your goddamn feet. All right. <laughs> if you're standing in front of your camera and you're doing like. Driving a car things and then yeah, yeah, and like flipping and shooting basketball with your arms. That's not a fucking dance. No, All that's right? a segment on Sesame Street. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Or it's like the electric company. It's like move your feet and then it's a dance. All right. Yeah. Uh, you, you think James Brown was just was just Logan? <laughs> Can you imagine James James Brown in the TikTok era though? He would have the craziest arm dances. Oh my god. <laughs> It'd be so nuts. You look at and you'd be like, how do his, how do arms move like that? He's just people like Tutton and shit. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah. I don't get it. And I hate that it drives the industry, but yeah, because like we were also yeah. like lamenting the, the fact that you know it it kind of denigrates the art, the album art form, and the long form oh, yeah. art form, and the you know. That's been dead though. Yeah, I miss the album. I really do. Because as an album listener, when I hear a good one, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. Like that's so like cohesive and and well put together. It really is like hearing something you know i don't know it's just it, you could tell the quality is so high above the rest it's like why why like you know uh like fiona apple's record last yeah. year fetch the volt cutters like that record was so well put together and it just fume sailed mm. over everybody's on everybody's radar you know what i mean because it was a piece yeah you know and then i think it's going to be remembered longer but i don't know yeah i like i like songs i like singles but I like albums most because it's just a greater work and it's like people put out songs a lot, especially in hip hop and pop music. It's like they'll jump on that shit. They'll record it in a week. They'll mix it in two weeks and then it's just out because like that's what you got to do. You got to stay hot. You got to stay relevant. But an album is like usually something someone's been working on for three months to a year. And they sit with and they have to like really pick apart and be like, do I even like these songs? And you know it's the best stuff gets stayed. Right. Or their favorite, I should say, their favorite stuff and what they want out there gets gets saved and put out there. Um, yeah, and I don't know. I guess 
you can't equate pop music and albums because pop music has always never been about it's albums. it's a singles game yeah back in the mid 90s i remember buying albums you pay 18 bucks and oh the they- first two songs were good the rest would be fucking bullshit terrible music right and so that was worse because you had to pay money back then you're, now, yeah you're you right can stream everything you're paying what how much do I pay for every song I listen to? Right. Point yeah. one cent. Because I listen to five hundred thousand songs a month. Right. It's like, see now, now that you're making that point, that is a great point. That I guess the '90s and early 2000s was kind of void of a lot of great records on a whole for of, pop music. I yeah. Was, yeah. At least you know to make like a solid you know all the way around great record. Yeah, yeah. I, I I agree with that. And they're still out there, like. It's just the what fills the top forty is not album cuts. No, it's it's it, never gonna be no. ever again, and which is fine. I'm you know I, I, know. I could live with some album oriented rock radio again. Yeah, we're getting old though. We definitely are. <laughs> <We're> so old. <laughs> and there's good albums. Let's talk about. Want to talk about stuff we've been listening to, um, or want to talk about new stuff, old stuff? Actually, I had a a thought for you because I yeah. this is making me think. I read an article the other day. Mm. What do you think about the like pop artists? Because this is happening all mm. the time. I read an article where they were like, <laughs> "Enough with the deluxe, 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 oh. uh, deluxe versions of your albums." Mm. Like uh, Ariana Grande released like an album, and then uh, like the deluxe at Target has different songs. The deluxe yeah. at Walmart has different songs. You could buy the one off the internet that has this. All these songs. Do you think it, it that is muddying down the art form as well to like obviously sell all these different deluxe editions and then maybe just like really pump up like nope this this album was all of it and this yeah. is all I want. You know what I'm saying? What do you think about that? Uh, it's it's, a, they were saying merch purchases yeah, are like depressing fans because it's too much and they can't have all of it and then they kind of oh. get like oh like I want to support this art and it like kind of breaks their brain a little bit especially like younger people yeah the bonus tracks thing like the target exclusive the best buy exclusive that's obviously that's money grab stuff that's business stuff um which i don't mind because you know it's usually two tracks added on to a 15 track album so if it's not on the 15 tracks it's it's probably just gonna be fine yeah it wasn't worth being on the album, so is it going to be one of the best songs that you get? No. No. Sometimes it's a hidden gem, and it's cool, but that is, I think that's more prevalent now is all the deluxe editions and all the special, like, marketplace editions because people don't buy physical copies of anything anymore. That's But this is, so. this is the argument. May, why don't, like, instead of doing, like, the two extra songs, give me a T-shirt. Like, uh, put a poster in. Uh, yeah. Make the artwork like the Rolling Stones zipper. Mm. You know what I mean? Like this version only has. The, you know what I mean? I, I, for me, I'm just so sick of like the deluxe box that doesn't make any sense. When they could yeah. just like market the shit out of the, your album, spend the money. I don't know, spend the money elsewhere. Does that make any sense? It does, but like you're talking the wrong guy because I'm, I'm not joking. I think the last album I bought was in 2013. Yeah. Like, period. I don't buy fucking anything. Anything. I don't, I don't have any method to play CDs, <laughs> and I don't sit down and listen to records. Right. Like, I'm on the go. I just have my headphones, and I do my thing, and I ride around in my car, and I go to the gym, and I, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I don't... Music... I'm I'm playing music constantly because it's in my pocket. Right. Um. 
Yeah, so when it comes to the physical stuff, you'll you'll see on streaming service streaming services everything has a deluxe version. Right. So they'll always throw the extra two, three songs. And I when I'm streaming something, I always listen to the deluxe version cuz I want to judge it for what it is and be like, yeah, I'll give it to me, I'll give it all to me and you know, and I'll tell for myself if those last three songs were anything worthwhile or if I'm just like, yeah, well, they're just scraps off the cutting room floor. Right. Yes. For me, I'd rather just not even see the scraps. Like, yeah. give give me them way later when I can maybe, like, mm-hmm. add content. You know what I mean? Do like, people buy CDs still? No, but they'll buy, like, the deluxe. Like the They sell them, though. There's still, like, big sections in stores that have CDs? Yeah, yeah. Like, this article I was reading really was referencing a lot of, like, K-pop, like, um, the release, like— Oh, yeah. And people buy it just because it's something yeah. to buy, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, even for me, I just like when I'm, you know, when I have like a, when I buy vinyl, it'll be like two extra songs. I'm like, I don't, yeah. I don't want download only kind of songs, or they'll like add them onto the end yeah. of the album because there's like extra space on a yeah. record where it, and, the, and I'm just like, no, you could have left that. I didn't need mm-hmm. it. I just because if I'm sitting and listening to an actual record. I don't. I'm. I'm sitting and listening to an actual record, and therefore I don't want the bonus <laughs> of whatever it is. Yeah. But I don't know. So. Yeah, it's it's just it's a business thing. It's a money thing, and somebody in the finance sector of the music industry must have thought it was a good idea. Because somebody's buying shit still. Yeah. It's not me. It's me, <laughs> but not that kind of shit. But you know, sometimes I did buy that deluxe Black Sabbath box set last year. Mm. But only because it had two live, full live concerts yeah. on it. But like the Volume Four one that just came out, it has uh like a live disc of like this is from this show, that's from that show. I'm not interested in oh, that. Oh, mix and match type of thing. Get yeah. out of here! I don't want. I who cares? Give me a full show. I'll appreciate it. I like it. I don't want to listen to highlights of the best yeah. of Volume Four tour. But I do think when it comes to music, more is more. Because yeah. a lot of times, like, real fans of an artist, they'll really enjoy that stuff. Right. That scrap stuff. Or, the like, the half-finished or the demo versions. Like, I do. With the artists I really like, I like hearing all that stuff because I like the process. I like the... I like it in stuff. certain ways. Like, um, I like, like, I'm a big fan of Bob Dylan's bootleg series mm-hmm. where they just... Okay, this is everything from 65, 66 that we have. Right. Dump. Yeah. Good. I, now it's all of it. I, I'm not, you know... Like in, especially with the live, like halved up, like uh, don't give me four live shows, f- four live tracks from different live shows at the end of the album. Yeah, I don't need that. What I would like is a full live show, good, mm-hmm. bad, and the ugly, from that tour added on to the end. I'll listen to that mm-hmm. all day long. I just don't want like the chop. Like yeah, we thought these were the best perform. I don't care. Give me a full show. What was it like yeah. to be a, a, at in the arena that night? That kind of shit. Because that, that's just me, but... I feel yeah. you. But uh, do you want to move on to some... Uh, do you want to yeah. do some what we've been listening to, or do you want to preview your uh, Peerless Poppers Yeah, track? let's... let's uh, Just some... I don't know if it's news, but it's what I've been listening to as well, but um, some notable anniversaries of albums. Uh, this past weekend, it was the 20th anniversary of Tool's Lateralis album, their third full length. By many fans, they consider that to be their best album. It's changeable just like most artists in my for my own taste i'd never really have a locked favorite album by artists it kind of fluctuates based on the point of my life but lateralis is one of my three favorite and on certain days it's number one um so i listened to that a couple times this past weekend still holds up great album 
Yeah, getting your uh, getting your hard hard and heavy on. It's good gym music. It's good gym music, but then at times it's like it goes into a four minute super mellow section. You're like, oh, this is not good gym music. Now, where's the rage? But it that's that's what I like about Tool. It's it's like it bubbles over. Sometimes it's like a low simmer, and sometimes it's just like a cauldron that's boiling. Um, but I love Tool. They're uh, a top ten band for me. Right on. So. See, 20 years. Tool, I'm always sitting on the outside, like, looking. Uh, I'm like, oh, that well, that does look nice, but. Mm. It's like spirit. It's like meditative metal music. Yeah. That's why I like it. They did have a great shirt, though. Let's be straight about that. Yeah. <laughs> so you talk about the, s- the, screw- screwdriver, the screwdriver shirt with the bolts. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Come on. Great. I mean, I, I love that band. I love their artwork. I love their whole image. I love their. It fits their music thing. so well. Like, all, it's yeah. like all industrial. Like, yeah. I don't, like, uh, their music makes me think of math. Yes. Yeah. You know? It's like. Beautiful the, to some. Yeah. And it's the closest to, like, world music that American metal music gets. Because yeah. they use a lot of, like, Indian and African and those type of strange rhythms and uh, scales and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I love I love Tool. So twenty years, check out Lateralis, and check out all their other stuff. Um, like I said, Lateralis considered by many to be their greatest, and it it's it, it's a really great album. Also, if we're talking about we're just talking about physical releases, their last record was a uh, complete mangle mishap in the physical release world because mm. everybody wanted a physical release and they had none to give out almost. Oh, and the vinyl pressings were all late, and people were like flipping out and people were flipping them for hundreds of bucks right after it came out that makes sense though because i bet a lot of tool fans are like my our age or older Mm -hmm. and tool famously was not available on any streaming services until about three months before that album came out so i bet a lot of their fans weren't that clued in to that now they're on streaming right so they were expecting to need to buy a physical copy it's because exactly that's, what you, what that's how you need you had to buy a CD or a vinyl pressing. They weren't on any. They weren't even. You couldn't buy that shit on iTunes music no. store. You can. It's it's pretty out there. Yeah, that was a big controversy. Interesting. Also, can sense. I give you another fact that I now I now just thought of with the physical releases? The, this is tool time. This <laughs> is tool time. The uh, Harry Styles last record that came out. Yeah. Um, that record, the sales of that have kept that uh in like the top hundred because of vinyl sales alone. See oh, that sure. record is a giant vinyl hit, and it's mm. been that's been the steady surges of that album have been all vinyl sales. It's been like uh, the number one, um, at least uh, physical vinyl record of the past. It was was of twenty twenty the number one selling record. Mm. Pretty crazy. I listened to. I don't remember the title of the album now. I can't either, but it was I know. Good, though. Yeah, it had a uh, watermelon watermelon sugar was a yeah. big single on it. It was a good album. Because yeah. it wasn't pop-pop. It was... Yeah, it had some peaks and valleys. had yeah. great pop hits and then other textures in there. It wasn't, yeah. like, something I was, like, super, super into, but it was a, mm. a good listen all the way around. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Oh, and then another uh, anniversary. Today is the 50th anniversary of Paul McCartney's second solo release, Ram. Ram on, my friend. Um, which was the only release that was credited to Paul and Linda McCartney. Uh but yeah, released 50 years ago today, 1971. And I listened to it this morning. And I did too. And uh, we didn't it, plan on it. It holds up. I really, it the, up. it's it's my favorite. That's my favorite Paul McCartney record, solo, hands down. Out of the stuff that, 
Oh, the stuff that like is a uh, quote unquote solo. Do you consider the wings stuff to be his solo? Yes. Oh, okay, then it's not my favorite. Because your favorite is Band on the Run. Right. Yeah, right. which is it's a cl- Band on the Run is a close second for me. Yeah. But I just love like the psychedelic y lazy summer afternoon ness yeah. of Ram, which is why I get on with that record way more than I do Band mm-hmm. on the Run. I just love like yeah, it's like somewhat psychedelic but somewhat yeah. just like really lazily I don't know yeah, I love yeah. the instrument uh mm-hmm. ukulele is on there the vocal harmonies are crazy on that song uh are on that album I also like that Lin- I love Linda's singing on that record <laughs> Yeah Linda is like you know if we talk about partners of famous musicians she is number 1 to me cuz she was a very very important creative in her own right she chronicled all of Paul McCartney stuff with her photography, which I really enjoy. She was a huge animal rights activist, environmental activist. Um, And yeah, just like a true collaborative partner without like trying to take the spotlight type of thing or overreach or, you know, whatever. It um, it really sounds like like a couple that like truly just like gets on together. Yeah, power couple. Yeah, Yeah. and it's just like Paul McCartney's doing like the heavy lifting, Mm -hmm. but her, the feminine energy Mm -hmm. that is like in the background of the record, like smooths everything out. What's that um, other song in there? Like, um, Oh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's he like sings it in like a scr- like a like a rough voice the whole time. Um, something to do with I'm terrible with song titles. Oh, hold on, guys, I need to I need to figure out what the name of the song is because it, it was I, I really really love it. It's something jam or moon or oh s- yeah, um, there's a song about like blackberry jam or something yeah it in yeah. that song on there like i was listening to it this morning and it's just it's the, every song on it is mm. just a giant like um they all fit together it's a yeah. it's a great you know it's an excellent mid-may mood type yeah. of album because it's a lot of acoustic guitar it's a lot of airiness it's not there are a couple of songs that are full band with drums and electric guitar but it's a pretty spacious country relaxing kind of record oh uh, Home in the Heart of the Country. Shoot, that yeah. that's a great song on there. I think that was a, a single. Mm-hmm. And of course, Ram On is my favorite song on there. My favorite song is the opener. What's that called? Too many people. Oh yeah, too many people. Yeah. It's got that great um like guitar solo yeah. break in the middle of it. That's really 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 crazy. Also on today's episode of uh, Sneaking It In, Steely Dan time. Ooh. Hugh McCracken, who appeared on four Steely Dan records, played guitar on Ram. Oh, really? And it's, I believe it's the only Paul McCartney project he played on. Ooh. So we got to get in, <laughs> get in my 10 seconds of Steely Dan on every episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, Monkberry Moon Delight. That's oh, the name that's of the song. Yeah. Yes. That song is bonkers crazy. Also, man, um, Uncle Albert's on that mm-hmm. record, I'm so sorry, which I have no idea what, what that song is about at all. I just think I like about it. I think about Mary Poppins because there was an Uncle Albert and Mary Poppins. Oh, really? But I, I'm sure they're very unrelated. <laughs> yeah, he's the guy in Mary Poppins who's like laughing and he's flying up to the ceiling in his house. I think his name was Uncle. Albert. I need to watch Mary Poppins again. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long you time. Do. It's worthwhile. But yeah, those so are those are the anniversaries. We um, rammed on. Let's uh, yeah. let's pop peerlessly. Sure. So, so the new yeah. new music. From my band, the Peerless Poppers, which is a four-piece based here in Southern Connecticut, um, 
consists of Roy Hool on bass, and Roy is like the main songwriter. Uh, Dan Mitchell on drums, Mike Piercy on guitar, and I am the vocalist and play guitar and keys as well. And we completed our EP, which is available now on all streaming services. It's just called the Peerless Poppers EP. It's five tracks that we worked on um, in the last four or five months with a recording engineer, mixer, and master named John Quinn, who's based in Grizzled, who does very excellent work. And so if you enjoy the production on the album, get in touch with me, get in touch with the podcast. We'll try to get you in touch with him. He's a very select, invite-only type of dude because he has a very full schedule. Um, he's very high in demand. He does work all around the country remotely. Um, but we're really happy with how the album came out. And, uh, yeah, and I'm a co-writer on uh, every song, I think, credit as a co-writer. So, And Luke is credit as a co-writer on this song that we're going to preview for you guys, um, the genesis of this song. Yeah, it was uh, I mean, I wrote this fooling around one day, uh, in GarageBand, and kind of the melody came, and uh, you know, didn't know what to do with it for a long time, and you guys were like, I think I could use that, so you know, I was like, uh, have at it, have fun with it, and yeah. this is what you guys have done with it, and you made it into a uh, a space <laughs> venture. I I mean, I love it. It's like you guys have sci-fi vocals on there. Yeah, uh, yeah. the the chorus uh is about Stephen Hawking. Uh, it's great, man. It's a really Thanks. cool song. You guys came at it from a really cool like space angle, and um, th- the sounds and textures that uh, appear throughout the song are, you know, all in the great sci-fi, you know, rock vein. And you guys really took it to like a whole level I wouldn't have like thought it ever going, but I like. Thanks. Um, yeah. So you know, do you want to you know do you want to listen to it and then we can like talk about you know some of the spots after that you dig or do you yeah, want to do you want to point anything out before we get into it? Um, no, let's just play. This is called Disappear. Yeah, so uh, disappear, peerless poppers. Let's hear it.
Whoa. There you go. That was Peerless Poppers with Disappear. Yeah, man. Uh, also the first song we've ever played on this show. Oh, cool. Ever. Nice. Because you own it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so that was awesome. Uh, check Thanks. that out, Peerless Poppers. That was uh, Disappear off their new EP, uh, self-titled. You can find that on Spotify, anywhere you uh, – Apple Music, right? Anywhere, yeah, anywhere that you want music. Is it on YouTube? No? Yeah, yeah, on YouTube. Check it out on YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Anywhere music is available. Please check that out. That is Peerless Poppers. Um Man, I love that song. Thanks. Uh, great vocal effects on every. I oh, love everything. Thanks. You guys did a great job with the production all the way around on that tune. So thank you. I'm, yeah, I'm really, I'm really proud of, uh, especially that song. That song has the most amount of little production things all over it that uh, just really bring the song to life. Because we were looking for that. It's like Queen type of big and like over yeah, the top and absolutely. all that kind of stuff. Um, I love that. Like we were looking for a keyboard sound and that that soul that keyboard soul where it's like that Oberheim like yeah it's just like in a the big, middle it sounds like a big fucking UFO landing um, I just like that yeah that's why I'm like uh, I really like you, what you guys are doing because you guys are making like really uh, you're making one like jammy music which I like um, and putting like really great um, just you know like that keyboard and really elevating the songs to what they're you know what you guys wrote about like making that song about space and yeah. really putting all those sound effects into that really just like take it to the next level um and like the whole records like that you really like what mm-hmm. you know whatever the vibe of the song is you guys really um take it and like kind of bring it to that level with you know the production on the record and uh the way you guys are playing and I just highly recommend it all the way around. Like, Thanks, you know, man. like the rebirth, you guys, first single that you released is, oh, yeah. you know, more of like a, um, you know, laid back, like, you know, what I want to say, like sky kind of yeah, jam, almost, yeah, but you right. guys take it and bring it to like a different level with, um, you know, just what you guys are like mm-hmm. vibing on. And it, it's evident in like every song. So Thanks. check, check it out guys. It's and, really, really good. And for any, any, uh, musicians out there, if you ever want to make spacey, like astronaut sounds, Get a get a one dollar tube. Oh yeah, tell us about that. So the, the <laughs> if you guys go listen back to that track that we were just listening to, um, I asked Jeff. I'm like, what is that sound effect in the beginning? So the, the beginning and the very end, it's like we're we're kind of setting the song in space lit, in a literal way. So it starts and it ends with like rocket ship thrusters, like the big, like blasting flames, um, and then right after the rocket ship lands or before the rocket ship takes off at the end, there's that astronaut breathing effect. And that was, um, you can find these plastic tubes that are rib tubes that you are used to swing around and make these like overtones. Um, you'll see them in kids toys things. They're like a dollar. And so I had one of those and I just used that and I was, so I'm like three feet away from the mic and I'm just breathing heavily into that tube or for the rocket ships. I'm, I'm doing like, like crazy big loud noises um and those things we didn't put a lot of actual effects on that's pretty much how they sounded so we just like eq'd it slightly to make it cut through the mix but if you're ever looking for weird space sounds just spend a dollar at kids toy store get some tubes and that's like the great part about it that's how like like david bowie did it and stuff like that so you know or it's even like to the great and you know throw back to like some of the like the um um, the noise in Crosstown traffic—that's mm. uh, that's just like a piece of like paper or something. It's not really a um, 
Yeah, it's like a piece of uh, wax paper on a comb. It's like an old style yeah. kazoo or yes. harmo- like yeah. a ma- whatever they call it, a mouth. It's yes. like almost a harmonica, but you're humming. Yeah, so you guys are like, you know, taking that kind of energy of like, yeah, well, this is this is cool, and that might sound like this, and yeah. it's really like, you know, throwing paint on the on the paintboard in the studio, yeah. and you guys' record is really really like that. It's not just like a guitar, bass, and drums record. There's a lot of cool stuff on the surface. Um, even like on the song Bossa Nova Blue mm. on on your new EP, you guys have these great like almost like um you know system of a down style harmony is kind of yeah. over the top, but <laughs> it's not like that kind of music at all. But right. um you know vocally wise, you guys really took something that um I wasn't expecting and threw it in there, and it sounds really really cool and has such Thanks. a great effect on it. So yeah, Thanks. Ch- check out the record, guys. Please, yeah, that's Peerless Poppers, and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. So you want you want you want to wrap this one up? Are we we feeling good? Um, Did we get t- in the garage? Yeah. You want to talk about anything you've been listening to as just a quick oh, throwing yeah. some suggestions? I have a couple of suggestions. Well, things. why don't you go first, Jeffrey? Tell um, tell me what you've been listening to. So a new record I've been listening to this weekend. I think it came out on Friday. Is the new record by Saint Vincent, who is a singer and guitarist and songwriter. Um, she her music is hard to define because she is takes a lot from like the David Bowie style of every record kind of has its own new thing. She uh, she performed a couple songs on Saturday Saturday Night Live maybe a month ago, which were excellent, um, and they sound like what the record sounds like. So check out the SNL performances on YouTube. They're really, really phenomenal. And her new album uh, was co-produced and co-written with Jack Antonoff, who is getting a lot of exposure in the past five to ten years. He was part of the band Fun that had big hit like in 2012. Oh, a couple days throwback away. to me and my uh, my girls' high school band, The Format. Oh, oh yes. Um, and Jack Antonoff has been a co-producer and, and co-writer of uh, some of like the Taylor Swift 1989 record. Um, who has he also worked with? Uh, Lord, her last album. I think he worked with Weezer as well, maybe. Oh, he might have. He yeah, he's getting a lot of play, he, and he's a multi instrumentalist. So on the new St. Vincent record, which is called Daddy's Home, he plays drums, bass, keyboards, and a little bit of guitar. Um, and it's it's a different vibe for St. Vincent because St. Vincent. It's that like David Bowie meets Talking Heads kind of stuff, but this art, new I would say new new kind of new agey art rock. Art rock, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. But this new album is like much warmer and more organic and soulful. It's a lot. It's there's I don't think there's any drum programming because a lot of her stuff has had heavy drum programming after her first two albums. So this is uh, it's just it's a great mid May album. It's uh, really beautiful songs, and she's a great singer, great songwriter, great guitarist. Like, she doesn't do a lot of guitar work on this album because this album is a little bit more mellow, but phenomenal guitar player. And like, for me, one of the people that like like has a signature guitar in this day and age. Oh, beautiful! Do you know what guitar. I'm saying? Like, you know that you see it together and you're like, "Yep, that's." That's yeah. St. Vincent. It's I don't know what kind of guitar, but it's like the square. Yeah, it's a Music Man. It's like uh, the music Ernie Ball Music Man version of a f- Gibson Firebird. Yeah, but it's more angular. It's kind of got the like curves. a the Bo Bo Diddley square vibe a little right. bit. Um, yeah. but yeah, I just for like aesthetic, aesthetically, oh, yeah. like just like the Guitar Hero vibe is mm-hmm. so there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, man, I didn't. I definitely saw the SNL performance. I dug it, but I'm gonna have to check out that record because yeah. uh, I was watching like a, a little interview that came up on like um, Instagram the other day, and it was just like interesting, like her plugging the album and the album advertisement. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, all that. Like every time, like one of their albums or her albums comes out, I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I forget, and then you know, it fades on. But. And I loved the last album, which was Mass Seduction, which came out in like 2017, 2018. But that was like heavily mid 80s, like lots of drum machines and synthesizers. And this is minimalistic live drums. She plays a lot of uh, sitar guitar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that kind of like Marvin Gaye type of soul thing is kind of or Temptations and four tops type of sound is coming through on i think she plays this sitar guitar on like six or seven of the songs really um yeah so check out daddy's home by saint vincent it's just a really 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 good album awesome right on you got any more jeffrey um let me look at my phone real quick let's see what's been the recently played i can tell you i've been i definitely went down a uh like a uh classic soul this week I listened to Sweet Inspirations, uh, oh. Elvis Presley's backup singers, uh, yeah. and Aretha Franklin's. Uh, was definitely spinning that hardcore. Um, like I was saying earlier in the show, I was definitely down a Who rabbit hole as I watched the movie The Kids Are All Right, um, featuring like all like the sn- snippet clips of them like performing as young men and then mm. in their thirties as adults. Um, and then, so I, you know, been listening to a ton of Who music. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, when Jeffrey was here, I was watching old episodes of uh, Shindig <laughs> from the UK. Shindig. I love, like, I wish they had more shows like that where bands yeah. came on, like, performed live. Because, I mean, in this day and age, I love NPR Tiny Desk mm-hmm. concerts. Yeah. Um, that is what it is now. Yeah. Yeah. I love that kind of stuff. I just wish it was, like, had, like, that live atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Y- you know what I mean? Like, or more like. You know, like the Soul Trains. I love those shows. Mm-hmm. I watch those yeah. now all the time on YouTube. So, um, you know, it's been you know just a lot of Who music for me, and yeah. uh, also definitely been spinning that new Dinosaur Junior. Sweep it into mm-hmm. space um, this week, which I've been you know loving, and you know just kind of moldy oldies for me. But yeah, I looked at my recently played. It's a lot of moldy oldies for me. Yeah, the just, same. I mean, a lot of I like I said, I listened to Lateralis, so I was listening to other Tool stuff. You know, I'm always listening to three or four Steely Dan albums, <laughs> so it's like constantly in there. Um, Delta Cream is a new album by the Black Keys, which I listened oh, to. Oh, did you spin that? Yeah, I, I was to thinking about doing day. it, and, and then I kind of just hadn't yet because I'm into I, I'm I'm not like a super fan of the Black Keys, but I'm into their stuff. It's it's never turns me off. It's never lets me down. Right. It's, and this album is all covers. Oh. Yeah, it's all covers of like country blues. Oh, okay. So maybe I'll check, check it, out. it out. And I, I just love their I love their sound. Um I actually I didn't even know this album was coming out and the other day I watched the uh premiere guitar rig rundown of the Black Keys. So I watched like all their pedals set up and right. blah 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 blah. Um yeah, and I great guitar sound, great drum sound and just you know it's good stuff. Right. I was a big fan of Turn Blue and uh, El Camino when those came out in their time. Yeah, I like El Camino um, Brothers. Was and... not as big a fan of, uh, what was it, uh, Let It Rock or whatever the name of that, or 
it had a, like electrical chair on the cover from a couple oh, of years I didn't ago. To that one. Wasn't as big as a fan of that record when it came out, so this one I was a little like kind of cold feet on. Yeah. But um, I mean, I like their stuff too. I'm not like indifferent about them. Uh, I mean, I'm not like um, you know, a hater on it, but I'm you know yeah. a little bit indifferent. That's what I am. Um, you know, kind of like a Foo Fighters for me now, okay. where yeah, it's yeah. kind of more like that kind of stuff, where I'm like, okay, you know, you're making solid records, but it's not really on my uh, yeah, on my super radar. But yeah, it, it was good background music. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not bad, but yeah. So this has been the Jeffrey May and Luke show. This has yeah, been uh, Get in the Garage. Um, once again, check out the New Peerless Poppers EP. Um, tell your friends to you know listen to our show or whatever. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> do that, <laughs> do that, it li- do that. Yeah, uh, you know, and it's it's been real fun, Jeff. It's it been has real been. fun, and we're outside. It's nice out again, and. Yeah. Things are good. And if uh, you're eating a bag of chips today, think of our boy, Mike. (laughs) And stop eating chips so he doesn't have to work so much. (laughs) Yeah. Quit eating (laughs) chips, man. We need him back on the show. We need our third. (laughs) But uh, get in the garage. You know. You know what to do. You know. Like our stuff. Get into it. uh, Anything else? Any parting words, Jeff? Uh, Love, peace, hair grease. Love, peace, hair (laughs) grease. Let's get it. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.